Alpine talks about tropes. But usually, usually what I like is uh, I like being surprised. I like to be given a character who I think uh, I'm invested in and like good things are happening to them and then like they get set in a certain paradigm and then the paradigm gets broken. So Harvey Dent is a great example of Two-Face because like he is a lawyer character in and of himself. He's a good guy and then these bad things happen to him and suddenly he's Two-Face. And it's sort of a denial. He becomes a rogues gallery villain, which is sort of everything he would have once stood against. And uh, that's sort of the tragedy, that Greek tragedy is yeah. the sort of thing I would get into more than like strictly somebody always turning into a monster every time. You're teaching me so much about the dark mirror. I just, <laughs> wow, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. By the way, where does that term come from? Is that from? I think I just saw it around somewhere, and it stuck with me. I think it was in a, I think it was in just a fan essay about what Marvel's doing with its heroes and villains every time. And once you see it, you can see it. It's literally every single time. It's almost exhausting. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Because that's that's uh, that's a tragedy, right? I'm, yeah. I'm now what I hate. Oh no, they don't always have people becoming what they hate. They always that's a, that's its own. That's just like I think just a Greek tragedy basically. Oh, okay. But the dark mirror just means that you hear the and the villain is the opposite of the hero. Oh, okay. So you, you know. can be two separate people then. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Opposites. Oh, you're just opposite. It's just yin and yang. But I just okay. say Marvel always does that every single time. <laughs> their, mar- their, their villain is always some version of the hero inverted. Yeah, and, it's true. <laughs> and once you see it, you can't unsee it. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll probably, you <laughs> but, probably ruined all those for me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can almost predict it. I mean, it, but Sherlock does that too, right? Moriarty's yeah, just Sherlock's true. dark mirror. So take a hero... Get him to face the mirror and then darken it a little bit. And now you've got a new villain, which is very similar to the hero, but a bit darker or more flawed. Would you transform yourself into what you hate? That's the Greek tragedy? I think so. I mean, it's not, I don't know if there's an exact trope. I'm sure TV Tropes has a word for what I'm describing, but a great website for trope names. But uh, no, it's just what I always keep coming back to. A Greek tragedy is where a person of exceptional characteristics has all of those advantages and yet fails in the end through a combination of a personal failing and circumstances with which he or she cannot deal with. What gives you the energy to write? Oh, I really don't want to speak in a cliche, but I'm going to have to. It's the whole, like, if you can quit, do so thing. Uh, if you can oh. quit writing, you should, because it's exhausting. It's basically having homework your entire life. Uh, um, <laughs> nice. Yes, that's true, though. So, uh, so <laughs> I, I, I write because I can't not anymore. If you told me, if you, if you like, you know, tied my hands behind my back and said, uh, you can never write again, I would still probably find a way. You know, like, uh, I'm not going to make that reference. Right on the toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Marquis de Sade movie. It has that moment. Which, don't see it. It's a really horrifying movie. <laughs> I was thinking of Vendetta. Uh, yeah. The guy Fox Mask. That's V for Vendetta. Is it V for... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do that. And uh, yes, yes. Um, but I, I guess that's trite. I mean, I go through periods where I can't write or I don't want to write. Absolutely. But I'm always... I, I don't. I see the lens through. How will this add to my story? And if I if I stop doing that, I really don't even know how I would see the world anymore. So how would this add to my story? What's the this? Yeah. What's um, 
what the light looks like coming through the trees, oh, okay. uh, well, this weird fact that I just saw in the news, yeah. uh, the feeling of the pavement beneath it. my feet in Rome if I'm traveling there, yeah, like just yeah. how is this all going to come back someday and right. how can I use it? And I wouldn't, I don't know how I would look, I don't know how I would even see out my own eyes why, anymore. Why, why would you bother going to the house? Yeah. The, I don't know what I would do. I don't know who I would be. And it sounds really kind of artisty, which I hate, but like, that's what I mean. <laughs> Wow, are you doing a Greek tragedy? <laughs> You're becoming what you hate? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I became oh pretentious, goodness. if I became pretentious, I would hate that, but I don't think it's like a visceral fear. <laughs> Let's do an experiment. Yeah. <laughs> Try it for a while, see what happens. <laughs> I think like many people in my generation would probably be something more like failure. So I'm writing a character right now in my main novel. I'm trying to do. She's a f sort of a failed magical girl. Like she went. She was like Lucy. She went to Narnia. She came home. She came home because she thought it was her duty to come here and try to make a life in on Earth because that's where she's from. Oh. And then hits her late twenties and realizes I've just it didn't work out. Like my job sucks. My life sucks. Uh, you know, I'm not getting anywhere, but back there I was a hero. Why did I ever leave? And that would probably be the sort of, I've become what I hate. I used to be a hero, yeah. and now I'm sort of, what am I? And I want to go back and, and be that again. And then she goes back and finds out there's been a civil war waged because of her actions pretty much since she left, and everyone hates her now. So she's not a hero there either, but she might at least there be able to reclaim the status wow. uh, through very, very hard work um, <laughs> and not being a space cadet about it and thinking like she, people are just going to shower her with praise. <laughs> So that's my the, my magnum opus right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm workshopping. What gave you this idea? No, because this is this is uh, this is this is something you do. Yeah. This is what I'm hearing. Sure. This is something you do a lot. And yeah. uh, what what what, did, what started this? Uh, this one specifically, this novel. Well, no, the idea that you are fascinated with people who are, I'm not quite sure self-destructive, because that's not necessarily what they hate, but they become what they hate. That's, that's what I'm gonna call it, because that's... That's a great question I've been asking myself recently, because I don't know. I mean, I actually have instances of looking back at stories I liked even before I was like 10 years old, where that was something I was coming back to. Huh. So I really don't know, but I do have one visceral moment where I kind of felt it for the first time and like realized this was resonating with me like a bell. And mm -hmm. I and I actually, so I was at a play, I used to live in Italy when I was 12, and there was a bunch of rendition of Beauty and the Beast on the stage. It was in Lucca in probably like 98. And uh, so I couldn't understand what was being said. I spoke Italian, but not very well. And it was this really dark, dark, dark fairy tale take on Beauty and the Beast, just viscerally horrifying. And I couldn't understand much Italian, but the Beast gave this gut-wrenching cry in one act, and he said, uh, Io non sono un animale, sono un uomo. I am not an animal, I am a man. And he just, it was just a scream from the soul. And I remember being 12 and literally fall, like cringing back into my chair and like clutching my stomach because I thought I was going to throw up. Wow. And it was just such a like, I really thought I had to get up and leave because it was such a profoundly disturbing thought what he was expressing in that moment and in that level and through that language barrier that I could even feel it then. Wow. And, uh, <clears throat> and I was like, well, I guess this is how I'm wrecked now. <laughs> I guess I'm stuck with this forever. This is my trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actor, that performer, they injected you with this this, yeah. this, this, uh, this thing. Was that an opera, by the way? It was a play. It was a play, okay. Because, you know, plays or operas, for sure, get to be... I'd see that trope more in an opera, for sure. And probably plays as well. Mm -hmm. There's a... I don't know. I have yeah. to think about the plays longer. But opera is very much like mm -hmm. oppositional, black-white, and then yeah. um, they've got to be simpler storytelling because it's through singing. They're not going to have mm -hmm. long 
Proverbially, yeah. Operatic. You know? Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well that's really cool. Yeah, I've been to a few performances in languages I didn't understand where you just come up with this huge like emotional, like that's what you can sense. You can sense the emotion. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is frequently universal because the guy, if the, if the person's conveying that, you may not know the, the specifics, but uh, you'll, you'll get the power. That's, that's yeah, no, yeah. I, I've been there a few times. It's really great, yeah. <laughs> you have a call to action for listeners? Uh, well, I could give you my sign-up sheet for uh, if I have fiction published. I have a, I'm beginning to put together a letter for that. If people want to put their name on it, that'd just be a link I'd give you. Maggie McAlpine's email list is at http slash slash eepurl dot com slash d is in dog, n is in Nancy, z is in zebra, u is in umbrella. Capital V is in Victor and a one. There is a link in the show notes. Uh, I will say that my uh, fiction writer that, handle not? is very well known. Sorry, and, oh, there you go. in its own little, it's a little place. I'm only a little afraid to, to uh, send it to you, but it's uh, Avalara, A V E L E R A, uh, and that's on Ao3. It's on Tumblr. However you found sci-fi thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us a review, even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show in many ways. This is the last episode in the series with Maggie McAlpine. The series started with episode 63 and finished on this one. If you want to find the earlier episodes, go to the show archive. You can search it up by typing into your search engine, Lancer Sci-Fi Thoughts Archive. <laughs>